The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. We're recording this on the day after the presidential results have been officially sort of, I guess, announced. Yeah, well, to everyone except a handful of people, including you-know-who. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> Yesterday was a good day. Oh, yeah, I woke up this morning, I was just kind of like, oh, I just, I, I, you know, I know that wasn't a dream yesterday, <laughs> and I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like there's not the immediate sense of dread when I wake up in the morning first thing, kind of like, oh, shit. It's just like the kind of wake up, kind of like, huh, okay. Yeah. All right. There's, there's some hope, you know, and it's, and it's not like everything is, is fixed and everything is going to be better automatically, especially since you have to wait a couple of months till inauguration or mm -hmm. something like that. It's kind of like, okay, there's, there's some light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, we still have, you know, a bunch of, oh. uh, weeds and stuff to cut down and, uh, bushes that are going to scrape us as we're going there on the way there. But, mm -hmm. you know, at least there's, there's some possibility there's something there at the end instead of just more more filth and i don't know i've never seen uh a, a, a shawshank redemption but uh i know that uh andy dufresne had to crawl through 14 miles of whatever you know yeah and he's like crawling through the uh essentially the the pipe and he throws up you know i don't know yeah. how many times but <laughs> Yeah, I, it, it, there's a there's a lot of it's it's kind of sad to think that you know I mean I've almost been kind of beaten into the uh, you know the feeling now of I'm used to just all the stuff that you know flies out of his mouth and his administration and you know one of his I'm like what do you have three or four press secretaries I mean it was just insane yeah. <laughs> and it's like you just I just got so conditioned to that and it was funny I was watching. Oh, I was watching Saturday Night Live, um, and on Weekend Update, they showed a clip of this news reporter was getting ready, and this guy, I'm assuming he was in a Trump, you know, he was supporting Trump or whatever, he goes, he goes to the reporter, he goes, real news or fake news, and the reporter just turns and looks at him and goes, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just the whole fact that we don't have to, to hear fake news coming from the White House anymore is, is huge. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 11 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon, and today we are talking about the binaural track grievance with my guest coming back, Chris Thomas. Hello, Chris. Hi, Brandon. How's it going? I am doing well. How about you? Doing good. Can't complain. All right. So we got this song written by Eddie Vedder, did the music and the lyrics. Uh, first time we played it was uh, actually on Letterman. Uh, before the album came out, uh, first time they played it, I guess for real, if you really want to count it, as the uh, Pearl Jam website uh, is concerned, is the uh, Mount Baker show in Bellingham, Washington, the show that they debuted a whole bunch of other binaural tracks on, and it's uh, it's volume number four, as in yep. you, you've heard me say this a lot during this uh, season. Yes, vault number four vinyl release, yep. Yeah. 
And uh, let's see, are there any other just random facts about this we want to get off um, this song? I don't know if it's... Uh, it, oh, you, you want to... It you... did receive a Grammy nom. Yes, Grammy nomination. So we got a Grammy nomination in 2001. Yeah. For best hard rock performance. Lost out to Gorilla Radio, but um, which is a really good song in itself, but... And and uh, it could have been uh, Matt Cameron's inspiration, but this the song the verses are in six four, which a lot of people I, I know that stuck out to me when I first heard it is just because you hear it, it's kind of like okay, da, 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 and it's like whoa 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 wait whoa 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 that's not it's I can't tap my foot to this how's it going and I think that that's what stuck out to me when I first saw this one when uh, on Letterman I was like whoa there's like something different about the song I can't quite you know those two extra beats at the end it's it kind of throws me off and it really grabs your ear because it's especially when eddie's really laying into the vocals at the beginning you know i mean he's Mm -hmm. when he comes out and he's just like progress ladies with ramifications i mean it's just like that's where you really lose your foot tapping because it's just it just kind of stops and it's like dinner 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 during that period which is really cool i love that part of the song so much It's got a, uh, yeah, progress laced with ramifications, freedom's big plunge, and then he's got fee fi fo fum written on there. Yeah, and if he's got, he misspelled ramifications, he put a Q in front of the A, where an A should have been, but uh, yeah, I guess maybe that contributed some of his writer's block on this record, but. Uh... Yeah, I think that the, um, this this song and uh, Insignificance were songs that he was having trouble with the lyrics on, like down to the uh, down to the wire. So he probably wrote Fee Fi Fo Fum because it's like ah, it's got to have four syllables right there. I don't know what they're going to be, so I'll just put that there. Yeah, no, I, I in the end, I I just you know I really enjoy this song uh, musically and lyrically so much. Yeah, so then let's 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 get into the uh, the song. Oh man, there's a oh we could go down so many so many avenues. There's yeah. so much in the song. We could. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, to start off musically, I mean, I you know when I first got my copy of Binaural, which was on uh, CD, this was my favorite song on the album um, when I listened through it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And. I just, yeah, I love, to your point, with the 6-4, but then how it just kind of backs off kind of in the, the first third and the second third, you know, pull the innocent from a crowd, raise the sticks, and then all of a sudden, he just switches gears again, you know. Yeah, I I, I mean, it's it's a really good rocker, but I think there's some really nice layers mm-hmm. in the song that I enjoy a lot musically. Yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, new relevance to some of the lyrics. I, yeah, I, you know, it's still one of, you know, it's probably my one, one A, I guess, on the record now as I've gotten to know uh, the record more over time. But um, it's definitely, you know, for me over the last few months has really struck a nerve for sure. Pull the innocent from a crowd. Yeah, raise the sticks and bring them down. Yeah, just like the, um, I believe it was Portland or something where they just had police Mm -hmm. vans like unmarked vans and they were just grabbing people off the street and then you know taking them somewhere out of town or something like that and and, you know kicking them out and you know it's not like they were 
kidnapping people, but you know, not necessarily really anything real nefarious, but it is just mm-hmm. sort of like, whoa, like it's like one step away from some really scary stuff that, you know, you hear happening yeah. in a completely totalitarian regime somewhere, you know, something, something you don't think that would happen here, you know, in the United States. You know, the whole fact that, you know, I, I believe this personally, I think a lot of other people do too, is that all of the National Guard and, you know, any law enforcement outside of, not saying there shouldn't be any law enforcement in those uh, protests, but they seem in my eyes to do a lot more harm than good. Yeah. And yeah, especially when you've got something like that going on, it just, it's just not right. And I, you know, we're all end up going a lot with this discussion is just how, how the narrative gets diluted so much by so many things. And, you know, for me, this shouldn't be a political issue and it constantly gets twisted into that. And because of that, the the real core of what's going on is just, you know, it just kind of gets lost in the malaise of everything else you know it's oh gosh all the rioting and the looting and all this to take away from the real fact that there are people out there just trying to speak that they you know it's it's a show of solidarity mm-hmm. at the end not not that they're coming to try and take over the capital um unless you're like some militia in michigan who wants to you know try yeah, to yeah. bust in gretchen whitmer's door but i mean there's there's no there's no force happening here by the people that are trying to just speak up and raise issue, which is an issue of humanity. And it just gets turned into, it just gets turned into so many things that, that really switch gears from the actual issue on hand. Yeah. I believe that, uh, Eddie has said that this sort of, um, this song started out or this song for him is about sort of technology and the way that it's sort of seen as, you know, scientists, uh, not wondering, you know, just see, seeing if they could and not wondering if they should Mm -hmm. sort of, Oh, let's give, uh, everybody this unfettered access. And we're not going to tell you what the, uh, hidden ramifications are behind everything and us keeping track of you and everything like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a specific line essentially, you know, saying big brother and trying to, yeah, big guy, big eye watching me have to wonder what it sees. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the points I, I grabbed this off Wikipedia, basically saying how, you know, really people are going to stop, I guess, going, you know, into society to, to do goods and services, which, you know, we're finding ourselves more and more, but that, arguably is due to the pandemic, but the fact that we're using technology more and online platforms to to order things as opposed to going to the store or, you know, down the street to your local restaurant or record store or whatever. The thing I find interesting is I wonder um, if this was written, if he wrote this before or after Y2K, because mm-hmm. he says the inspiration took from the 1999 WTO pro- protests. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there was something to do there as well yeah because the album came out in may i believe a 2000 so it could have he could have uh been scrambling to to get everything finished up before uh uh before the album came out because uh, yeah it was uh i believe uh march i think when uh when the letterman show was so it could it could have been right around that time right afterwards when it was uh finalized yeah. and everything yeah um yeah and and, and just kind of thinking uh around like what you're saying about um I don't know, politics getting thrown into things too is, uh, you know, you have things like Facebook coming around and completely inventing narratives and just sort of looking for clicks and, and 
just spreading falsehoods and everything just because it's it's gonna make money or something and there's a huge uh dark side to it but there's also i don't know i always get this the sense that pearl jam or at least ed are kind of uh reticent to accept technology and you know a little bit sort of like oh you know i don't i want something real i don't want you know computers or anything like that kind of shunning technology and uh even social media and stuff up until you know the release of gigaton and it's kind of like okay let's get on instagram let's do all these technology things and try to you know keep up with the times i guess a little bit and well they kind of had to it's like no you yeah, know, in yeah. march how else could you actually interact with your fans it's, you know everyone's on lockdown and still a lot of people are not here in wisconsin but um, <laughs> geez oh, <laughs> every sorry, day is dude. a new record for us right now but no, uh, yeah for pretty much everybody yeah <laughs> yeah it is um but yeah i mean how else could they have kept their voice out there without without technology during this time yeah i mean there is a lot of good you know is as, as long as you think about the good i guess i don't know like i mean like this podcast i mean talking to different people everywhere about pearl jam and and everything and even people listening to me talk to other people i mean there's a huge sense of community that is that you know exists online and everything and i know some people who are maybe older who don't get it or something not to say you know i'm not older but you know some people who just aren't into technology could be like oh they're just people online you don't really see them it's not really real you know it's kind of like ah why don't you go outside and play instead of doing all this stuff it's kind of you know things change things evolve you know i mean cities keep growing and you know there's less contact with with people every day that are around you because you know there's suburbs and all this other sort of stuff and then people who you know maybe live in a city is kind of like oh i'm kind of scared i don't know everybody talks about how there's violence in you know the cities and i don't want to know my neighbors and all that sort of stuff that goes around too so it's a sort of hypocrisy that's built in there it's kind of like well do you want me to go outside and talk to people or you know am i supposed to be afraid of of those people you know i think you know in terms of using technology for good i mean a lot of people can hide behind the social media platform uh, i think the big difference at least for i mean specifically for me and you right now we're, we're having a direct conversation yeah you know we're not sitting here typing something but then waiting a minute and then maybe changing the words on it or editing it after the fact i mean we're actually we're still interacting directly so I, I think this is a really good way uh, that technology can still bring people together, but still in a way in which that is, I think, a lot more personal. Because I also feel like there's a lot of things people wouldn't say um, if they weren't behind the keyboard at a Twitter page or a Facebook page. You know, if they if they were actually having to sit down and converse, you know, whether it's they're too afraid to say it or they're actually giving themselves the chance to think about it. Because that's really the big thing that gets to me is just how closed-minded people can be, especially when someone, you know, asks a question about how, you know, let's say how the system is. Mm -hmm. And immediately the response is, well, you have a problem with that. Uh, that must mean that you don't appreciate it or you don't like it. And that, that really frustrates me. And actually, that's a lot of what this song drives me to right now. You know, it's 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 right in, you know, the First Amendment, the the right to address grievance, you know, and and, and against the government and stuff. You know, it's it's kind of that's that's what it is. You know, it's kind of, hey, this is you know, there's a lot of promises made. And so let's try to fulfill those promises and mm -hmm. you make things better and not try to, uh, I don't know, 
forsake advancement in the sake for just the the lip service of of tradition or you know keeping things the way that they always have been i mean progress is the natural arc of the universe it is i mean you know for me when i first thought about bringing up an issue i guess what what got me to the song you know i was just this was right after the george floyd incident and i happened to be listening to uh another pearl jam podcast i was listening to jesse and kate on the porch mm-hmm. talk about sad and you know it just got me listening to binaural again and when grievance came on that first time i listened to it, it was like holy crap this is exactly how i feel right now but i think at that time i didn't really know how to express how i felt because the easy thing for me to say is oh well you know this is just mirroring you know black lives matter or you know to say the nfl and colin kaepernick or anyone who is you know trying to make their message heard but the flag happens to be there it's not that they're they're pledging grievance to the flag it's the fact that you know how else can they get their message out there mm-hmm. especially in in colin's case when else, how else is he supposed to, to raise awareness to this? I mean, everyone has this response of saying, well, I, I do respect his uh, his opinion, and yes, there, I guess there is something wrong, but this isn't really the time and place for it. Well, then when is? You know, this he's got a platform, and, you know, it's not like he went out there and stole the mic from the person singing the Star Spangled Banner and started mm-hmm. just, you know, going off about everything he has a problem with. He literally, you know, he didn't bring himself to the media. The media noticed him. You know, it was the third game, too. He'd done this two games before in the preseason. So, you know, it's not like he was trying to in any way attack um, anyone. And, and certainly he wasn't trying to make a statement against the flag. But, you know, just to go back to my earlier point, people who don't want to listen or they just want to take the situation on the surface just cannot get their mind off of that. They just can't get over the fact that, well, this guy doesn't want to stand in front of the flag, so he must not respect the troops, and you know he must have a problem living in America. Mm-hmm. And they just get so fixated on that that they're just not willing to actually open up and listen to what he has to say. And the, the thing with him is, is that you know I went back and even listened to his first interview, and it was 17 minutes, and he answered every question asked of him as professionally and thoughtfully as anyone could. And he even went so far to say, you know, I don't expect anyone to join me in this. It's just, I feel like there's something wrong. I've always felt like there's something wrong and I just can't not do anything about it. And he said exactly what he he you know, yeah. was against and everything he was against was about humanity. It wasn't anti police on the outset. It was really the whole justice system and the country and what it stood for. And just the whole fact that, you know, we, we pride ourselves as a nation of equality, but still there's many people that don't feel equal. Yeah. The, the, the whole, I, a lot of my notes and stuff and, and, and thoughts about it are sort of, um, around the, you know, the lyric, you know, pledge my grievance to the flag, you know, cause that's where the, the title of the song comes from. And, um, you know, it's a play on the phrase pledge allegiance to the flag. If I don't know, some non-Americans are listening to this. <laughs> don't know that that's a, the yeah. thing that, you know, and as soon as we get into school or whatever, they, they have, you know, everybody do and you gotta, you gotta do that and everything. And I know that um in high school for me towards the and probably around like, yeah, probably around like junior year or something like that. Like I just stood 
and didn't say anything, didn't put my hand on my heart or anything, just because, you know, that flag is a symbol of genocide of the indigenous people here and of killing, you know, foreigners, you know, in the name of war uh, everywhere around the globe and everything. And that's, it's, it's, it's a symbol and symbols are one way don't mean anything because it's just a glyph or something, but then it's also can mean so much more because there is emotion and more than words can be said or written down because it's, it's, you know, it's a symbol. It's a thing. It's, it's something that exists outside of real language. Um, there's a, um, a podcast called code switch. That's sort of about, um, race that, yeah. uh, that NPR does. I love that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, there was an episode they did a long time, like when they, around when they first started called you a grand old flag and it was about the American flag. And I think it was like, it was around like 4th of July or something like that when they were doing it. And a lot of people saying, you know, their thoughts about the American flag and sort of what it means to them and like what it represents and stuff. And there are people that was like, oh, you know, I don't like it or I do like it. And just sort of like waving the flag as sort of like a, a symbol of, oh, I'm an American. And, you know, what does it really stand for, though? You know, if if you're driving down the highway or something and you see a big truck that has a flag on it, you kind of know in your mind, OK, I know what that person's like. Or, you know, if you just see a little kid just kind of waving the flag, you know, at a parade or something like that, it's kind of like, uh, do you, what does that mean to you? It doesn't really mean anything because you're just kind of waving around because you're it's just gave it to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, the, the, yeah. the oh. when I think of the lyric, I sort of uh, envision, I know that in um, the, 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 where I first saw it was in the 10 Club uh, newsletter number 19. Yes, the manual for free living in there. It's got the Adbusters sort of corporate logo American flag on there where the stars are replaced with, you know, sort of corporate logos, Intel, Disney, you know, NBC, all that sort of thing. And that's kind of like the, the flag that comes into my mind when I when I think about the, of the lyric, just because it's kind of like, you know, is it corporations or is it states that make up this country? Yeah. And I mean, you think about the whole fact that, you know, people that have actually worked their way up to a platform, you know, if you're a professional athlete or an actor, or let's say in high management at a company, there's a, there's a big price you pay potentially for trying to weigh to, I guess, bring awareness to something that you don't feel is just. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, that's, that's really where I went with this song now, because it, it's really you know, for me, I, I feel very passionate about this, but I work in mental management at a fairly small company. You know, if I if I end up putting a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker on my car, I can almost guarantee that, you know, later in that week, I'm going to hear about it from, you know, my boss telling me that his boss, you know, thinks that that, that might be drawing too much attention to me. And the whole fact that I, I have that concern is, is very frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to, to speak our mind about that, especially in a respectful way. It's not like, you know, I'm, you know, put fuck the police or something <laughs> on the, my back window. It's, you know, and, and I don't feel that way at all, but it's just like, there's so many people that, that just want to take something as Black Lives Matter and, and take that as a war on law enforcement, which it's mm -hmm. not. But yeah, the fact that I can't, I don't feel comfortable or I, I don't feel like I can do that without being told that's not a good idea. That, that for me is very frustrating. And a lot of people will say, you know, let's keep politics out of 
xyz sports uh music all that sort of stuff and you know everybody only says that about stuff that they don't agree with because when you know you're not going to see a problem with something if it's something that you agree with it's always kind of like ah you know just stick to the music i don't want to hear about this other thing that i don't agree with because then i might have to contend with the fact that uh maybe i don't want to be fans of yours because of what you believe in everything and i want to keep uh you know sticking to what i like and everything and i don't want to have to think about social issues or grapple with my own stance or morality on on issues or something yeah, but yeah, these are the same people that are probably standing outside polling places in Arizona, Nevada, yelling, mm-hmm. count the votes, or people in Michigan yelling, stop the votes. It's just, yeah, it's it's hypocrisy, in my opinion, that you, you don't want to hear about it when it's not on your time, but it's okay to, to be in the face of others whenever you think it's appropriate. Yeah, the people at uh, Trump rallies listening to uh, Rage Against the Machine and not uh, mm-hmm. really listening to the lyrics. <laughs> yes oh that's so fun I, I've, actually, I've been listening to a lot of rage against the machine the last few months i mean um now i've kind of backed off it now that the the, res, the election results have come out the way they are but yeah the fun the fact that some people don't understand how incredibly left you know rage against yeah, the yeah. machine is, is is hilarious to me you know, and it's not, it's uh well, I don't know. I, I don't have any Rage Against Machine albums, so I don't know if they have the lyrics inside them or not. But then again, if everybody's just listening to everything on, oh, okay. So, but if, you know, you're just listening to stuff on yeah. streaming or YouTube or something, you know, you're not going to have the lyrics mm-hmm. handy or anything. Yeah, no, they're, they're very blunt. You know, I'm not, I don't want to go too, you know, deep into a Rage song, but, you know, I, I recommend that if you, if you do like them, even casually, um, just, just read one, you know, just go along with the lyrics just once because um, they're very poignant, you know, especially killing in the name of that's, mm-hmm. that's a big one that, you know, given the current climate we're in that um, that's one that really speaks to um, where we're at um, since George Floyd. And I, I remember this was before the song came out or anything too. In, uh, in 98, they played a show in San Diego that I went to and they were doing rocking in the free world. And in the middle of it, he has this huge sort of speech about, um, about flag burning. I still kind of know that there's a lot of Shit, and you can 
when you first started it, there was a bunch of people cheering and everything like that. And I, I remember thinking, it's like, are these people getting that he's being sarcastic? I don't know. And I think that I, I, as I stayed there in San Diego for the night or something like that and got the newspaper the next day, it's like, oh, well, you know, let's see if they have any pictures or reviews or something like that in it. And I think that the person who wrote the review didn't get that it was a sarcastic sort of thing. Gosh. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, raised a big issue yeah. about trying to, about stopping people from burning flags or something. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I guess they kind of go back to the, the flag and I guess, you know, why the way that so many people use the flag in a condescending manner is what really, you know, I guess grinds my gears to go down Peter Griffin's terms. But um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the whole fact, that, you know, just my earlier points, like if you have a problem with the system, you don't appreciate it and you need to go somewhere else. So, you know, when you see all these conservatives, you know, it's like how many, you know, how many flags are you going to put on your truck? Six? eight, 10, that makes your car, mm -hmm. that means you love this country more than I do because all my car has is a, you know, human rights campaign magnet on the back. You know, it's just, it's like this big pissing contest. Mm -hmm. It's like who can wear more red, white, and blue. Just because someone wants their country to be better doesn't mean that they don't appreciate living there or that they, that they don't love their country. Um, and the fact that that is constantly what everything gets turned into the moment that you want to, again, you, you just want to see, you ask a question about something. It's like, we've always done it this way, but I, I've noticed this. Why do we still do that? And then yeah. it, it just starts this defensive response. But, you know, more often than not, it's in a peaceful manner. I mean, you look at so many protests throughout the years, you know, if it's John Lewis walking, walking across the bridge in Selma if it's, you know, Colin Kaepernick not standing with his his hand across his heart. And the one that really stood out to me, and actually, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about this, but it, it brings so much irony because this, back in the 68 Olympics, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, who were the gold and bronze medalists in the 200 meter dash, mm -hmm. um, ended up, you know, famously, there's always that picture of them standing there with a black glove on one of their hands and raising a fist and, you know, looking toward, you know, just pretty much, you know, with their art, you know, I think Tommy Smith has his eyes closed and he's looking down and uh, John Carlos is kind of looking down a little bit, but I think his eyes are, eyes are open, but still that the outrage toward that is almost the same as it's been almost 50 years later. And they're protesting the exact same thing they call him Kaepernick is, mm -hmm. and they're not doing it in such a manner that they're trying to incite violence to, to try and say that their race is better. You know, they, they hold the fist up the way they do because it's about humanity. And it, this has been said over and over about that symbol. It's, it's about equality and humanity, not about supremacy. And the fact that we're, you know, from 1968 to now, people still respond that way to to that type of message is very frustrating to me yeah i know that um i think that when they were doing that at the olympics like somebody gave them the gloves or something like that i remember hearing it's like oh yeah, yeah yeah do this so it kind of like stands out more so they can actually see you know see what you're doing see that you have your hand raised yeah what's interesting is i think john carlos forgot his gloves yeah yeah so they were actually yeah. sharing tommy smith's pair that's why they have them on opposite yeah hands. yeah yeah yeah, um, I, I, I know. I guess the, oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no, I was just going to say that, you know, any it's for people who are in power, any sort of move against them or so or to sort of like, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that, you know, is sometimes seen as violence, you know, yes. that it is sort of like, oh, you know, how dare you uh, call into question the status quo? You know, especially if you're talking about white supremacy, you know, that that's what this country was founded on. It's the bedrock of it. And I mean, it's sort of like, well, if you take that away, what's 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 there going to be left? You know, what are we going to what what are we going to believe in then? And it's sort of like, oh, let's believe in everybody. Let's believe in people. You know, let's you know, all men are created equal, even though, you know, you had an asterisk there next to men, which is like, well, you know, this is what we really mean by it. But. Like I said, like, you know, there's there's a promise that this country made that people want to just kind of take the easy way and just say it's like, eh, we kind of don't really have to work at it. You know, it's kind of, oh, it's a, it's a, it's an ideal. It's not meant to be real. Yeah. It's just a dream, you know, like, oh, oh, you could grow up. To- at least it's not as bad as it was before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, as if that's good enough. Yeah. yeah. What do you want more? I mean, it could have been, you know, we could have just kept doing yeah. this. It's like, you know, what's, why not keep trying to make it better? I mean, what's, what's, what's the harm in that? Yeah. Well, I know what the harm in that is, is that, you know, you're no longer in power and you don't yeah. have uh, the authority to make all the rules and everything like that. But I mean, that's why you don't want to. <laughs> yep. That has a lot to do with it, you know, and, you know, that, to get off my soapbox here in a minute about, um, you know, like, you know, my stance as far as my my want to support um, and, you know, the, the risk that anyone puts himself in if they want to support um, vocally. What we've seen is um, Colin Kaepernick hasn't played a down in the NFL since mm-hmm. um, 2016. John Carlos and Tommy Smith never, they were basically banned from the Olympics. But what was really eye-opening to me, though, is the third person at the medal ceremony mm-hmm. um, was an Australian named Peter, Peter Norman. So white guy. Um, and I guess Australia at that time was very conservative, but Peter Norman was actually wearing a button um, from this whole coalition, I guess, that was started called the Olympic Project for Human Rights. Mm-hmm. And that that group had actually threatened to boycott the Olympics. So already there was you know, a lot of uh, prejudice built up against this movement. And the whole fact that he wore that button as a show of solidarity with with the with uh, Carlos and Smith actually got him banned from Australia with the Olympics. You know, he he never competed again. You know, he wanted to show solidarity in you know, a very nonviolent way. It's not even his national anthem for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And yet he gets blackballed by his own country. And this is the fear that I think a lot of us have that throwing out that support in a, in a very outward way is risking a lot. You know, there's a lot of NFL players that say that they support, NFL, you know, Colin Kaepernick and whatnot, and Eric Reed, but yet they won't actually kneel like they do. They don't, they won't go that far to show solidarity because they're afraid of what they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's this very, you know, white, capitalistic leadership just like back then there was a um, ioc uh president back then he was this white american who actually was okay in the 36 olympics by people basically flashing the the uh, heil hitler sign but Mm -hmm. he's he has a problem with the 
with the Black Panther pose, but it's, it's just this, this fear and this, you know, what you put on the line just for trying to support something that you feel is just and even moreover is, is humane. That's my grievance, I guess. When I say grievance to the flag, um, it's my grievance to say the fact that I can't, sh- I can't stand in clear solidarity with all these individuals that don't feel equal and, and they want to feel equal. And they're doing so in a way that they're not trying to incite violence or say that they're better than anyone else. They just want to be, they just want to feel like they're another American citizen. Mm-hmm. That's really at the core of, of why this song touches me so much is I wish I didn't have to be afraid of losing something just because I want to stand up for something that I believe is right. Yeah, I, I always um, equated the line in here um, with every tool they lend us a loss of independence, not necessarily with technology, but sort of like a the government's like, OK, here are the tools, you know, he, here are the way that you, you know, this, these, these are the rules that you have to follow in order to get something done. Let's say, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we, we got to agree that, you know, there's, you know, police to enforce the laws. You know, we have to agree that you need to, you know, get this many votes for something to pass. And it's sort of like a lot of, of structures within, you know, America are designed in order to take away some mm-hmm. of your independence. You know, it, it, it's, it's sort of like, oh, you know, you have to do everything by the book and you have to follow all these rules and you have to make sure all the forms are filled out correctly in order for us to maybe consider doing something for you. And it's, and it's sort of like, well, this, you know, it, it's, it's a poll tax. It's, you know, you have to repay all of your, your, your debts, your fees from when you were in jail in Florida, you know, it's, um, you know, if your grandfather could vote, then you're able to vote, even though if you can't read or something like that, it's, it's sort of like, oh, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you the illusion of being able to, to, to participate, I guess. Yeah. And actually I think a lot about the, I guess the last part of the song where it's, I want to breathe, follow the scene. I want to taste everyone I see. I mean, you know, it's just, I I just want to be who I am and support what I want and feel like I have the right to, to say something or just ask a question. Yeah. It's this constant fight against conservatism and, you know, just the mindset of if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing is, is just 
it's hard for me to get over. And it just, you know, now more than ever, it feels like in my lifetime, there's a, there's a huge divide between those two. Um, and I wouldn't even call someone who wants to ask questions extreme. I would call someone who <laughs> wants to push against every single thing that you want to discuss as extreme. Um, but yet we're the radical left, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I digress. I, I just, that's really, really where this song has brought me overall. Yeah. And at least for me, the song does kind of feel like there's two parts to it. I mean, it's kind of like the, the beginning where it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know, down with the system or damn them in or something, you know, and just kind of, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, I don't know. Let's try to do something. Let's try to, to change things. And then when you have the end where it all starts kind of ramping up and everything like that, I know that like, I think the first time that I saw it live in concert and just kind of, it kind of builds and I don't, I don't think the key changes necessarily, but it has, it has like a sort of building to it and it sounds really hopeful and optimistic. And it's sort of like everybody kind of gets caught up in this energy. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll feel alive as long as I'm free. You know, it, it really picks you up. Yeah. I feel like the first half of the song, it's like, you're, you're trying to think and feel. And then once he goes into you know, the progress lace with ramifications, it's like, he's, <laughs> You know, he's like having a migraine and pounding his fist on the on the desk. Like, but it's not like this. I, you know, it's just kind of this outward frustration when he let you know he, he sings those lines and the whole fact that, yeah. Then right after that, it sounds like okay, the song's starting to kind of take this really nice melodic shape, and then all of a sudden again, it's just like again he's you know progress tasted invested all champagne breakfast for everyone. It's just like. But no, it's not, you know, it's just, you know, I can't be like this. So mm -hmm. yeah, to your point, yeah, that's, that's kind of like for me, I guess the first half of the song is it's like, wouldn't it be nice for this, but it's not. And he's just, you know, really laying into that part. And you mentioned the champagne breakfast for everyone line. There was a, uh, a concert, I believe that Eddie wore a shirt saying right. champagne breakfast club or champ champagne breakfast club, I think. And he was pointing to it during that line in the show. I can't remember. I can't remember what exact <laughs> show it was. I tried to look up it online. I think, I think Lav on four legs talked about it in the show that they, I'll have to look that, that, that might've been, but okay. yeah, just had to, there was a fact I had to get it in there. Mentioned it. <laughs> Got to cover all the bases. Yeah, no, I just, I, you know, musically, I first love this song. Now, lyrically, I love this song even more. And, you know, I can say that about so many of their songs, but mm -hmm. this is definitely one of them that's really pulled me in even, even further and further over the years. Yeah, I think that there's a, a lot of people might talk about Pearl Jam, like, oh, you know, they foresaw this event or something like that. It's like, oh, I can't believe that, uh, you know, they knew this was going to happen. It's kind of reflected in these lyrics or something like that. And it's sort of, or it's like, oh, this this song is so much more relevant now than it was when they wrote it, or something. It's it, I think it kind of has to do with I don't know about necessarily the um like the prototypical um the seven there's only seven stories or something like that man against nature man against man you know like this sort of not necessarily well you're gonna a song is always going to be about you know uh, falling in love or wanting to party or you know. <laughs> something like that which you could you could probably try to 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 break songs down into universal um concepts of or something but just sort of like maybe things haven't changed as much as we would have liked them to mm -hmm. or 
you know, it's kind of like the the same problems come around again and again, even yeah. though you that you may not think that they're that big of a problem because oh hey we elected a black a black president so you know we don't have to worry about racism anymore. It's kind of like ah no this stuff is still going on. It's, yeah, but we reform this or reform that. What more can we do? It's yeah exactly yeah. It's just like with all the reform they say they're doing in law enforcement. It's like oh you're just doing mandatory training for police officers and they sign off and that's somehow changing the system. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is why so many people want to go as far as saying, no, we got to tear it down and build it back up because it's just been this constant rinse and repeat of CYA within so much of the justice system. And then once, once things start to settle and you look back upon it, you're just kind of like, what, what really changed? Not much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, my first real experience um, with police brutality was back in 92 with Rodney King. And it's sad to think that we're, we're still seeing the same things now that we were back then. Hell yeah. <laughs> I feel, uh, yeah. I feel a lot better now. This is kind of been like a therapy session for me. I feel, but, uh, yeah, is there, is there anything else? <laughs> yeah. I, <don't> know. I <laughs> think we kind of got it all we, out. We just kind of joked. I, I know we joked a bit offline about, um, uh, Festivus and the area grievances, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so let's 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 wrap it up then. As I'm doing this, uh, it's Pearl Jam 30 year, and so we uh, I'm going around asking people like uh, Eddie's asked at the end of single video theory. Uh, Chris, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? Um, Pearl Jam means to me that they've given me a voice. Um, you know, my teenage years and early college years before I really caught on with them. Um, you know, I always felt the way that I do is everything I've said throughout this episode, but you know, I, I don't feel like I was, I felt very confident and, and concrete about, you know, my feelings and how to express them. And I feel like their music and lyrics and the fact that they are so, so strong in the way that they support feminism and activism, which I respect so much has, has driven me to want to do more. And without mm-hmm. without really getting to know their music, you know, again, I, a lot of songs I hear for the first time, I think, wow, this sounds great. But if you take the time to really dive into them and really start to let it sink in, all of a sudden you, you really find like, wow, that really says a lot for how I feel. So for me, they mean so much to me because first they, they, they were kind of my voice, but now I feel like now that I've developed that voice, just from from getting to know them more and more throughout the years. I think that um with with uh like with for instance this podcast with me is kind of like oh you know you kind of listen to a song it's like okay yeah it's cool it's uh you know it's rocking and stuff and it's not until it's like okay now I have to talk about it so what do I think about it what uh, what is what does it mean to me what how do I feel about it and I think that that's I don't know that's maybe something that everybody doesn't take enough time to do either either with, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a movie they might like or, you know, music or a TV show or something like that, where it's kind of like, Oh, you know, write a review about a book or something like that. I mean, they they make you do that in school. You have to write book reports and everything like that. And that might be something that kind of gets lost after you don't have to do that for a grade anymore. Just kind of like, you know, what do I think about something? What if somebody asked me, it's like, Oh, Hey, how do you feel about this? What did you think? What did you think about that movie? You know, it's like, Oh yeah. I don't know how you did your book reports, but I I can say that at least with a book report, you've always got the back cover. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe people 
so you need to find their back cover for all that, um, for all these other things and topics. But yeah, uh, well, they, you know, the p- teachers nowadays have all these programs to know when you're uh, right. when you're uh, uh, not bootlegging. What the hell's the name? <laughs> uh, plagiarizing. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, maybe you can't, maybe you can't do that anymore. But yeah, it's like, wow, this looks just like the uh, New York Times opinion on the back of the book. Oh crap! You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it. Didn't do enough paraphrasing there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, another way that technology has oh, yeah. come in and screwed everything up. Look at that. I bring it back around. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm the greatest. You can go ahead and think it. Send me emails telling me that I am. But, you know. <laughs> I'm impressed. That was a real, yeah. Because I think that was about 45 minutes ago when you brought that up. So that that's impressive. Oh, yeah. Callbacks, yeah. baby. That's right. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Chris. Is there is there stuff? I know that you have a, a blog where you've been collecting letters that you've been sending to uh, the Pearl Jam podcast and everything like that. And I'll, I'll put that in the links. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed writing. I'm not a professional writer by any means, but I've, I've had a few of my emails read online. But the thing that's just kind of helped me, you know, especially at the outset, it was a very good outlet for me is I, every email that I write into a podcast, whether it's read on air or not, I post it on a blog called Up Here in My Tree on Blogspot. So feel free to read through that if you like. And, um, you know, I, I emailed you a little while back about Black Lives Matter. And that was, a, those are the type of emails I really like to, to write because I'm very um, poignant and passionate about it. But, uh, but yeah, feel free to put the link up. Definitely. Yeah, not enough people have stuff that they uh, <laughs> that they want to plug. So when somebody's got something, it's kind of like, yeah, I got something I do online. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. It's good having you on. Good, uh, good talking with you. Good uh, to let the uh, the grievances air. That, that was definitely airing of grievances there. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Chris and as always, this is Brandon saying... Mr. Burns can't stand talking to his mother. He never forgave her for having that affair with President Taft.